The name Corbinat comes from a very old story. A long, long time ago, a child who was meant to be king had to prove their bravery by spending a night alone in the wilderness. Do you know what a king is? It was very scary and cold and lonely, but the child wanted to be king very, very much. The child lit a fire to stay warm. That night, the child had a vision. They saw the Holy Grail in the fire, and a voice spoke to them, saying that, then, that when they were grown up, they would be the guardian of the Holy Grail. The Grail could heal any wound and soothe any sadness or anger, and anyone drinking from it would live forever. Do you know the myth of the Grail? The child did not want to wait. They imagined how wealthy and powerful and beloved they would be if they had the Grail, so they reached forward to take it. But as soon as they touched it, the Grail vanished and the vision ended, and the child was left alone with their hand in the fire. From A Child's Guide to Zeta Myrmidon 1A. Hello, and welcome to session two of Alien First Law here on Dice Friends. I am Cameron, your game mother, and joining me tonight are my players, beginning over on my right with... <laughs> I'm Corey. I'm your Gidget. I'm Matt. I'm your Judith. I'm Andy. I'm your Finch. I'm Alex, and I'm your Gray. So, when we last left our players, i.e. last week, um... You had had kind of a, a, a busy day. Um, several, or well, so far, two members of the terraforming team here on the colony world of Corbinac were dead. Three are missing. And uh, there seems to be some kind of organism on the loose. You had been uh, summoned to assist various members of the colony team, uh, or the terraforming team, evaluate what's going on, try to figure it out. And then you had also been summoned to the hibernation chamber. Um, and that was in fun. it, you find you, you had uh, spoken with Dr. Gardner, who was in punitive hypersleep. And I believe Dr. Gardner gave you all something very special. Mm -hmm. Indeed. In our brains. She's oh, not finished with you yet. Oh. Um. Children, I have something else to give you. He says, and like the, his voice emanates from like this tinny little speaker in the front of the tube, and it's cheap sounding, right? It's not like the formidable presence that this infamous character from the colony's history would seem to suggest, but. Um, as we've seen in the films, there is the capacity for these hypersleep tubes because people dream in hypersleep for you to eavesdrop on their dreams. And uh, typically this is just a one-way thing, but apparently not exclusively. And he says, I have a gift for you. And um, your electronic devices ping having received a new data like a, a new document. What does it say, Game Mother? 
It is a um, a Wayland Utani intelligence briefing on an organism encountered on several colony worlds. Classified, top secret, let's say. It has a bunch of very impressive sounding words in its security clearance. Um, but for our purposes, we are going to assume that it contains everything that you as human beings existing in the real world know about the alien. Oh. Some of which may be true, some of which may not be true. <laughs> it is a report compiled mainly from forensic analysis of the Nostromo's escape pod, the uh, colony at Fury 161, and a couple of other sources. But now you have a reason to not have to pretend not to know what is this. <laughs> because we're all pretending not to know what this is, and now you don't have to. Hooray! Yeah, um, great. Um, what else? You have been given your new, um... What are they called? Not aspirations. Agenda. Your agenda. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to share that. But currently you have this new thing sitting kind of like... Uh, actually, I don't know how you process your agenda, but typically, you know, you have your three laws. And this is in there somewhere, occupying that same very deep need in your brain. Or in your mind, let's say. It's very primal to you. In our processor. Yes. Um, and then he says, it's time for you to wake up. And you're snapped back into your two separate teams where you were before. So, Gidget and Finch, you are back in the infirmary with Carver. And Judith and Gray, you are back in the vehicle garage with Tabor and um, Dr. Dr. Martin. Huh. Um, Carver is looking at you, Gidget, being like... You there? Hello, Marshall. Uh, is there anything you need? Where were you just now? I was in... Was it hypersleep? Hy hydroponics? I can't remember what the word. Uh, um, the, it is the, uh, the hypersleep module. Yeah, hibernation. hibernation module. I was in hibernation. Just now. According to my memory, yes. Finch? Yes, sir. Were you somewhere else? Oh, I definitely had the sensation of that, sir. I, I as well was in hibernation. Uh... Carver 
like squares off and you can definitely see like a weird uh well not a weird but like a very recognizable imperative cross his features um he lifts his his radio and he says ross uh please report to the infirmary bring your diagnostic kit in the I, vehicle garage oh, right. oh i'm sorry I, I, have, I, have a question for, I have a question for Carver. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Uh, when you brought us here originally, uh, armed and ready for anything, were you expecting something? You seem to be on guard. Nothing... Nothing in particular, no. Where did the acid hole come from? That's what we're here to find out. Right, you can go to the other. Okay. I mean, uh, if you want, you could roll manipulation for me. Manipulation. All right. If you have it. You know, you sort of grab him by the shoulders and turn him side to side. I've got, like, high him. empathy but it's just my yeah. empathy in this case. Three successes. Wow. He's lying. <laughs> that makes things a little easier. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, okay, back in the vehicle garage, Judith and Gray, I believe you were both in the, um, in the crawler yeah. or in the tractor. In the all-terrain vehicle. In the all-terrain vehicle. Yeah. Um, specifically, you were in like the, the cargo hold, and there was the large black sample bag on the ground. The king of the hill bag, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like just, you know, the ideal, the idealized pseudo-trash bag, mm -hmm. and it has like um, a couple of like labels on it indicating a um, like a grid location and a date and time when it was taken. Um, with that information, Judith, Judith is going to make a note in her internal map okay. about that. <laughs> going to keep that in mind. Yeah, same. Um, okay. We'll There's see. also, um, in the quantity field of the label, there is also, um, a number three of three. We only see one bag, though. Yes. Right. That's less good. Uh, oh, boy. Neither Dr. Martin nor Tabor, the vehicle mechanic, seem to have noticed anything unusual going on here. At um, least with... Well, I mean, beyond the obvious, none of them seem to have, like, actually paid any attention to you two. Okay. They seem pretty absent-minded, honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tabor is very, like, Tabor gets paid to do what she does. And if she's not earning shares, she's not on the clock at all. Um, and Dr. Honestly. Martin is... Hmm? Respectable, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dr. Martin is... does not seem comfortable in this situation. I don't know if either of you have particularly high empathy scores. 
Uh, no. Not no? Judith. Okay. That is not my field of expertise. That Judith is totally fine. <laughs> Actually, uh, Finch, do you Finch have up. a... What is your empathy score? My empathy is two, but I have a plus one to manipulation because I have my handy-dandy tape recorder. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I just... That kind of, like... Two isn't the worst, but, like, you definitely have... You definitely don't read people casually very well. Mm -hmm. uh, Gidget, what was yours? Six. Yeah. You just see right through people to their timid oh, yeah. beating hearts. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> literally. Service. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm here for. Also, um, Carver called Ross, who is the, um, the, the... Among other things, he's also kind of like your service technician. Hmm. Uh, Dr. Martin is, like, looking at the sample bag, and you have no idea what she's thinking. So is this the sample bag of, um, because there is one inside the, 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 uh, vehicle, and then we, we bagged, um, the face hugger. Yeah. Which we can pull in. Which you know what it is now. Yeah. Since we know what it is, do we know if it was an alive or dead one? It was dead. Okay. Um, Dr. Martin is, like, staring at this thing like she doesn't quite know what to do with it. She had had that argument with the colony director, Kincaid, on the radio mm -hmm. about instituting quarantine and apparently had her request refused. And, um, she says, I guess we take this to med lab. Oh, is that what was requested? Well, nobody's asked because they don't know it's here. But I feel we should probably, you know, don't you want to know what that is? Yes, very much so. Let's uh, get ourselves over to med lab then with the medical contaminants. Uh, and she also says, uh, Judith, did you um, pull the navigation data from this thing yet? Did I do that yet? <laughs> I don't think you did. All it will take is a Comtech roll. All right. I. What is my roll there? Actually, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't even. If you have Comtech. I don't even think you need a roll on this. It's just like boop, 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 boop. I have two levels in it and I believe seven wits. And with rolling, just because I wanted to see how well I did, I would get one success. So high numbers does not mean you're going to succeed, kids. I mean, okay. Well, there's a shot across the bow. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're able to dump the navigation data. For where this thing has been. And if you want to review that now, you can, or if you want to hang on to it for a while, you can. I think on the way over, I can probably multitask with that since I have a smart robot brain. Yep, and it's absolutely. literally data, so. Um, I've got a question. Go um, ahead. How likely is it for us to, now that we're 
informed um, learn anything new about this organism by studying it? Or can we not guess at that? Uh, you can infer you have the best tools at your disposal right now to learn new things about it. Okay. Um, it seems I mean, a, a brief is different from an actual like living sample, so this is probably reasonable. I'm yeah. just trying to, to, to um, like see what my line is here. In the films, um, we as viewers of those films know a lot more about these organisms than any living human does. The yeah. only per the only living person we've seen ever come out of anything with any information about it is Morse, the only survivor from Alien 3. <laughs> and he did not have like first-hand account of anything, right? He saw it a couple of times, but most spent most of the movie running away from it. Smart. Um Yeah, cuz like there was pointedly no evidence of the thing on board the Narcissus, the Nostromo shuttle. I always and thought that was bullshit. Yeah, like... It's like, we went over it centimeter by centimeter and we found no sign of the organism. Bullshit. Yeah. But, like, um, also, and the, the colony, Hadley's Hope, is now just a, um, a very, like, gently a gentle divot in the surface of that planet. Oh dear. That's why we have regulations. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that that kind of accident can never happen again. Because it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm Alright. Um so the most dreaded question a GM can ask their players, what now? You were on your way, uh, Judith and Gray, unless you want to do something else, you were on your way to MedLab carrying the sample bag, because, well, actually, it's quite heavy, as it turns out. If you I go to like... lift it, as yeah. Tabor and Martin clearly expect you to, what is your strength? Uh, Bad. Three. Three. <laughs> the two of you can lift it, but it's not easy. Mm. Not um, graceful at all. Yeah. And if you're it's having... If you'd rather not, um, Tabor can go and get like a lift, a dolly for it, basically. Like one of those, you know, the things that you have in warehouses. I think that would be sensible. I, I don't want to be like dropping this. Yeah. Yeah, that's wise. Like, uh, Tab Tabor says, I'll go and get a lift. Yeah. Or even just like a furniture dolly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we nicknamed it Parton. Yeah, the plank of space wood with, you know, Three good casters and one shitty caster. Oh, yeah, so it's spinning the yeah. entire time? Yep. Yeah. And it's uh, just, like, slightly not leveled, so it, like, tilts back and forth. And very like, good. I kind of wish good. that I was uh, carrying this now, but not really. Yeah, so Tabor goes and gets it, and you have to maneuver this thing to the back of the, the, the cargo bay, and then, like, she raises the lift and then you move it onto it and she lowers it down it's a very dramatic scene that i yeah. felt some need to describe <laughs> in detail uh finch and gidget you are in med bay or in the infirmary which also has the colony's med lab facility 
I would like to say to, to Marshall Carvel, I said, Marshall, um, oh, I do like a nice chin wag with Ross. I really do. But I was just thinking, um, uh, this, uh, this whatever it is, seems to have uh, burrowed into uh, an interior wall. Uh, and whatever, you know, did that. I, I, and I, I can't think of what could be capable of doing that. But if we can burrow through walls, I think, I think um, our priority should be to... Uh, to check on our most unstable asset, which I'll hazard to say is the fusion reactor. As um, you know, a maintenance professional, I think I should uh, should go over there and make sure it's all right. That is very good, Finch. That is that is a mission critical piece of hardware. We should definitely actually. You know what? Roll me manipulation, empathy manipulation. Will do. So I add my skill as well as my um, attribute. Your stat. Yes. Roll that number of dice and tell me if you roll any sixes. And if so, how many? Will do. And he takes out his uh, his sort of tape recorder that's on I'm that little cord. He starts, yeah, he starts spinning it, sort of <laughs> sort of whipping it around like a like a watch and chain just, just oh, for the effect. I get no kicks from champagne. <laughs> and no successes on that. No successes. Uh, he's probably actually face. sympathetic to the the idea anyway, and he's like, as, as I said earlier, he's like, yeah, that's that's sensible, Finch. It is a mis mission critical piece of hardware, and he kind of slips into like the jargon mm -hmm. that humans sometimes go into when they are clearly overmatched mm -hmm. and need to like cover for it. Uh And you have, like, in your role as a roughneck for this colony, you would have a very good, like, kind of um, spatial awareness for where this thing could have gone. And the ductwork and the, well, like, the subflooring that it got into uh, kind of leads just everywhere in this complex. All right. And I express, I express as much, much to, to Carver. Also, it could be anywhere. That that was going straight to the central hub. It could, it could be getting into who knows what. Um, this is this could be bad. You're right. You're right. Why do you think it would go for the reactor? It's warm, you know. It's cold in space. <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, to be honest, sir, I don't, I don't know if it's there. It could. It could be, you know, in the bathroom somewhere, drinking out of the toilet. For all I know, but I do know that if it does get into the fusion reactor, we're going to be in, a, you know, a lot of trouble. Again, this thing could burrow through walls, uh, and you know, if it gets into the toilets, you know, it's going to be a bit awkward for people, you know, having their lunch hour um, uh, <clears throat> time. Uh, but uh, but if it gets in the fusion reactor, we're all. Um, well, we're all pretty boned, so and that's uh, uh, it seems like the worst place it could go. And I'll just you know, just to uh, damage control is that the word I'm looking for? I'd, I'd rather not the worst to happen, sir. That that is very sensible, Finch. Do you think this could be uh, sabotage of some kind, an external force? Well, sir. In these modern days of corporate espionage and uh, in competition, I uh, wouldn't put it past certain corporations with certain interests to try something like that, sir. He kind of, like, seems to look at you approvingly. <laughs> I, like, I like the way you think, Finch. Thank you, sir. 
Um, and he pulls out his radio again, and he says, uh, Director Kincaid, I'd, uh, I'd like to speak with you immediately, if possible. Actually, I need to speak with you immediately. Um, let's say that this is when Judith and Gray arrive, along with, um, with Tabor and Dr. Martin. Special delivery. Hello, Finch. Hello, Kitchen. Hello, Gray, Judith. Oh, excellent. Great. I have a sample that you might want to examine. We it's in the sample. fridge. We have a sample as well. What a coincidence. Uh, we we have one in this bag. So uh, you, you've entered the lab. I think the bodies are still here. <laughs> I think uh, this, the hole is still in the floor. <laughs> one of the things that I've been glossing over, unless you know you're particularly interested in, I wasn't actually sure how to handle this. Uh, there were two extremely gory deaths that happened here. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Doc. Doc Martin. Doc Martin. Oh, no. Did yeah. I do that? Yeah, yeah you, you did. did. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't do that on purpose? I was no. wondering what he'd notice. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Oh, He's very Where, uncomfortable uh... right now, but, you know. Yeah, she looks vaguely embarrassed, actually. Um, she comes in and goes, oh, God. And turns away. And Tabor's like, I haven't seen something like that in a while. Oh, I Finch. guess we should have put a warning on the door. Uh, right, and Finch starts to, like, uh, s sort of work some of the entrails with his foot just kind of into a corner. Sorry, sorry. We, we would have cleaned up if we knew we were coming. Sorry, sorry. It's so embarrassing. Martin, uh, like, gathers herself and looks appalled, right? Um, and she starts arguing with Carver about why they haven't declared a quarantine. Um, she is quite angry. Wow, while she's doing that, I'm going to get myself an eye full of this scene as well. Because, I mean, like, I haven't seen firsthand much of uh, what these things are capable of. Okay. And um, um, Judith is just going to be asking Gidget and Finch, like, where the thing that did this went, if they know at all. Okay. So, Gray, do you want to make a observation roll for me? Or I an do. Okay. Where did I put all my dice? They're there. Um, and Gidget, Judith, and Finch, if you want to exchange information, I don't know if you want to roleplay that out, or if you just want to take it as red. Yeah, you were all last like, week. Uh, Judith, I would need your insight on this, the series of events that led to this uh, particular disaster. So please stand here, and I'll put her like where I think Vanderberg was uh, when he was examining Scarry. And like, all right, so the parasite uh, burst out of Scarry, like uh, a hatching from an egg, very That's rapidly, disgusting. much force. One uh, success. You can tell from his face that he died in a lot of pain, mm, and then yeah. it seems to have attacked Doctor Vanderberg. But the issue is, we have uh, a creature with the ability to claw through walls in our habitat, yet it seems to have uh, fled the scene. 
for some reason through this acid hole. And I'm not I'm not quite sure how this acid hole got here. I would assume it was it made the body it went through into acid to burn the hole or it is made of acid. Can can a thing be made of acid? Hmm. Well, a lot of uh, insects on Earth produce acid naturally, like a uh, formic acid from ants. But it's usually like contained within their body, right? And it doesn't seem like uh, it uses it as a weapon because it's got claws yeah. um, of some I'll, kind. I'll speak up. Can we draw any conclusions about what? its objective would be. Um, most organisms would seek out a food source, but doesn't appear to be human in in nature. Yeah, if it's and alive. I'm again wondering why it left two perfectly fresh morsels here in this enclosed room. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's very, um, well, I, again, what I think is a really important thing is that we don't know where it is now, and it burrowed through the floor and is now, could be anywhere in the um, uh, the complex, in the habitat. Uh, I think I think we might have to look for it eventually. I'll have to bring that up. Uh, I think we should probably look for it immediately. It also seems to grow to very rapidly. Like, the, the turnaround from uh, Scarry being infected with the parasite uh, to its birth and then escape is very, it's a very short window. And we know that it wants live hosts, but beyond that, I can't imagine what its goal would be. It's definitely a threat to humans. Yes. Um... While you're having this conversation, Martin and Carver are getting into like quite a heated argument. Mm -hmm. um, and suddenly when, as you're saying this, Carver like snaps his finger and points at you and says, that's speculation. We're not here to engage in speculation. Your role here is to investigate, not to hypothesize. Huh. And Martin is like, what in the hell are you talking about? It's like, what? With respect, uh, how are how are we meant to investigate if we are not able to hypothesize? I don't care, but it's not your job. Are you wishing to hold court with this thing? Because it does not seem to want to. Uh... How can you? Respect it's, something like that. You, we don't know what it is. It's a... Probably... what? How big could it possibly be, Gidget? It came out of Scarry's chest cavity. It's like the size of a rat. Oh, I'm, I'm... I'm sorry to inform you that it's probably doubled in size since then. How can you possibly know that? There's no I, basis for that at all. Uh... The damage to Scarry's body. There's absolutely no evidence for that whatsoever. 
if you come over here and and we'll, we'll check Scary's uh, cavities. Like, so see here how the organs are atrophied. Like, clearly it was using Scary as a food source for for its development. You can't know that. There's no evidence for that whatsoever. I can't share this around with anybody. And Judith will just point pointedly at the trash bag and like gesture like it is larger than the hole in the corpse. What is in here? What I is wonder. in here? What is that? Carver it, like demands. And more, more unexplained organisms. It was in the crawler, Martin yeah. says. Well, then, let's examine. We're not under quarantine, so no reason to hold back. Yeah, no reason whatsoever. Can't imagine any reason why we wouldn't just crack this open right here, Martin says. And Tabor's, like, in the back, being like, Uh, can I go? I was kind of, um... You, should I lock the door behind me? And, um... I feel like I, uh, what does Tabor do normally around here? The, 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 She's a vehicle mechanic. I kind of feel like, uh, because I broached the topic in the first place, um, getting a search going is uh, going to be important. Like, if it, you know, we don't all have to be involved in that. You know, having a look at this thing is going to be worthwhile. But I think getting some flashlights and so forth and having a peek around to see if we can find some signs um, is probably best not delayed. Yes. And once we get a look at what this thing looks like, we'll know what to look for. And then we can go uh, hunting. It's ridiculous. We don't have the manpower, Carver says. The longer you wait, the less manpower you'll have. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> gestures broadly at corpses. Yes, because they sprayed all around, you see. We don't, we can't take people off of their jobs right now. We have less than 10 days to pull this place into an, uh, make this place ready for inspection, or they're going to shut it down. <laughs> With respect. And Martin says, dear... <laughs> God, is that why we haven't quarantined it yet? Because of inspection? That doesn't um, make any sense. Harver looks at Finch, at, at you, Finch, and he says, I want you to weld some plate over that hole. Rachu Alsha. Uh, Tabor, I... help him. And I get um, I get one of those uh, metal gurneys, and uh, and because I have I have a strength of eight, so I'm just going to to pull off the legs, <laughs> if you'll allow me to do that. And <laughs> yeah, eight. I, <laughs> I yeah, you just tink 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 yeah, tink tink oh, tink. Yeah. So that is just like this this metal tabletop, and I'm going to to strap it down and uh, oh, what what could he use to to weld this? on here uh, uh <laughs> this <is> eye lasers <laughs> yeah like Tabor's just like oh forget you can do that 
Um, I could have just gotten. We could, we have some. We have some deck plating just in the garage. Well, I'll go get a. I'll go get the um. The arc welder. Is that what you would use here? The thing that oh. you use to put metal to metal. I don't Ooh, know what it's actually yes. called. I'm a nerd. This is this is a, a '70s setting. It would be a stick welder. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Garbage. Right. Um. And Finch says, uh, "Oh, right. We do have that, don't we? I'm sorry. I just I thought, <laughs> you know, um, it's uh, it's got a little chancy in here. I thought, you know, it's an emergency. I thought I'd use whatever was like, close to hand." Basically, all of the the humans in the room are like. When you do that, like you just lift up the gurney and are like ting 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 ting, <laughs> and like unfold it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 too big, right? So I guess I don't know. Do you just like <laughs> just <laughs> karate chop half of it off? Ex like exactly. it's a sheet of paper, right? Just fold it in half twice and then. <laughs> you do that thing where you bite the corner and then like yeah Peel that, that's why they call it sheet metal oh my god you can rip it like a sheet yeah 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 um joking aside yes you you, you can totally like disassemble this piece of equipment into just like a piece of like sheet steel to put over top of it uh sure. and Tabor's like I'll, I'll be back in 10 minutes 15 minutes 20 minutes um i'll i'll join Tabor if that's if there's no objections to that. All right. Uh, and as you're doing that, um, Ross shows up, who's the, um, the, the, your technician, right? The synthetic technician, mm -hmm. among other things. He's kind of like an IT guy. And for my purposes, I don't know why, but I Im imagine him being played by Leland Orser. Ooh. Because this is a science fiction horror setting, so you have to have somebody played by Leland Orser and somebody played by... Um, why did I forget his name? Wormtongue. Oh. Well, I'm glad you had a casting, because otherwise it would have been Ross from Friends. <laughs> I was deliberately trying to avoid that. Um, <laughs> Dang, that's a Brad Dourif. Brad Dourif. I don't know who Brad Dourif is going to play in this yet, but definitely somebody. Um, Kincaid? Maybe. maybe. Oh, that would be too villainous. That's mm. <laughs> too on the nose. <laughs> Maybe Gardner is played by Brad Dourif. Yeah. Or like a corpse we find somewhere. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, good character actors. Uh, mm -hmm. So he shows up with like this this diagnostic kit, which is just like this fold out tool kit in like orange plastic, and looks through the window because the infirmary has like a big window and there's just like a spray of blood on it and he's like bah but <laughs> he knocks on the window and he's like i'm not coming in there okay you have to come out here well fair enough uh, and Finch, Finch uh, gets up and he, he sort of stamps on the metal plate to sort of dent it into the floor a little bit. So it'll, he can't weld it right away. So that should, uh, like he's folding, yeah. yeah, like he's folding mm. aluminum foil around a bowl. Yeah. Just, yeah. just sort of, yeah, there yeah. we go. Good enough for now. Good enough for now. <laughs> the draft is fixed. Yeah. 
and exits. Bodge that in, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Carver and uh, Carver and um, uh, uh, Martin are just like. Like mm, don't like it. Good. They seem to be made uncomfortable by this. Can't imagine um, why. All right. So, Gray, you said you were going to follow Tabor back to the, um, back to the garage. Um, um, I guess to the machine shop would be where where she's going. Yeah. Like, I think I'm going to discuss um, uh, how we might start looking for this thing with Tabor. Okay. Um, just because like. like... And also, like, Machine Shop is going to be where we have, like, tools and stuff, because, like, it's, mm -hmm. we can't just start, like, looking for it. It's dangerous. Um, so, I don't know, maybe, like, some cattle prods, or, <laughs> I'm just making all the uh, movie references here. Uh-huh. She, she gives you the, I don't know why you're telling me this. This is not my job. Ray. I see. This is okay. not my job. I'm not paid to deal with this. Um, do I know whose job it would be? If, I mean, oh, this could also just be like an outside uh, context problem. This is, uh, this seems pretty clearly Marshall's, the Marshall's problem, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe Kincaid's, but I'm not paid to deal with this. Understood. Um, where is Kincaid right now? Uh, Kincaid is probably in his office. Unless you're asking her that. Oh, no, I was, I was just thinking to myself, sorry. I oh, yeah, like... Kincaid is, like, in his office. Yeah, I think I should probably go speak with him directly. Because, like, if, um, the Mar if Marshall's, like, sandbagging us, fuck him. Um. Okay. Yeah, I'll head to the office. Okay. Um, the Gidget and Finch. Um, Ross is here and he wants to, like, he's been directed to check you out. Carver says that you have both been acting strangely and he wants you given a once-over. Does Finch still have all the blood stains down his front? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah, it's only been minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, so I guess we come out to the hallway, we leave the infirmary, mm -hmm. medical lab. Um, Ross is like a kind of, um, he's got that friendly nervousness energy to him. Um, and he's he like, so... Uh, like people? Actually, he does. Oh, nice. So, uh, how's it going? Um, who does he start with? Finch. He'll start with Finch. Uh, so, uh, what's, uh, what's the deal, Finch? What am I looking oh. for here? <clears throat> oh, well, um, that, uh, that's an interesting, uh, situation we've got here, uh, uh Mr. Ross. Um, it, well, it seems we, we have, uh, some sort of, uh, organic intruder. Uh, and things aren't going so well. It's made a bit of a mess, and he takes the same spleen 
off of himself that he <laughs> disposed of last last time and disposes it in a trash can for real this time. Uh, um, it's, it's made a bit of a mess. Things are not going very well, and quite frankly, I don't think... I, d I don't think uh, Marshall Carver is in a good state of mind. I think does, that... Out of curiosity, does he see you pull, like, some innards out of your clothing and throw them in the garbage? I bet. I bet he does. <laughs> One additional stress dice for his contact <laughs> roll. Oh, boy. And, oh, boy. Uh, 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 yeah. He's... He attaches a couple of electrodes to your head as he's, um, like, listening to you, and he's like, well, I don't know, I think probably Marshall Carver knows better than anyone what to do here. Um, why, why, why do you think is going wrong here? Goodbye. Um, <laughs> bad die anyway. He rolls one success. And, uh... He attaches electrodes to you and takes out his little, like, portable computer, which is the size of, like, you know, a briefcase with a tiny little screen that he flips up. Mm -hmm. And he asks you a series of, like, diagnostic questions. The entire process takes about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, he asks you how your memory has been, if you've experienced anything that you would qualify as unusual. Uh, he has you go through a series of um, like, uh, it, it's not a Voight-Kampff test, but it has kind of like a similar feel to it, where he asks you to like repeat certain things and list off like, um, or, or repeat lists of words that both test your memory and your like vocoder. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he gives you a clean bill of health, unless you disclose anything to him. I don't, I, I don't think he would. I, I think okay. he would he would he'd be you know his cheeky self and very you know affable <laughs> and, and accommodating and and try try to uh, I mean he doesn't have high empathy but he's he I think his base values just make sure that that human beings feel relatively comfortable and okay. uh, and goes along with it. Um, that doesn't upset you at all. He doesn't explicitly ask you about. Marshall Carver has not given him the specific thing he's looking for, mm -hmm. and Ross has not asked. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So Excellent. he gives you a clean bill of health. You are not forced to disclose anything to him. Hooray! Uh, Gidget, your turn. Hello, Ross. How are you doing? Been sleeping well lately? <laughs> oh, you know, stress. But we're all stressed out, right, Gidget? You asked earlier if he treated you like people? Yeah. He doesn't. He treats you more like pets, actually. Okay. Who's a good Gidget? Who's yeah, kind Gidget? of, honestly. Like, you've wow. seen him interact with human beings, and his voice is pitched up when he's dealing with you. <laughs> That's so demeaning. <laughs> a little, but, like, yeah, um... He, he's just, like, very, like, friendly and bright with you. Yeah. Sorry um, for the siren. <laughs> oh, no problem. Uh, again, he attaches his, um, he attaches electrodes to you and, um, asks you a series of questions. Yeah, just, like, followed Marshall Carver down here to the infirmary, uh, later went to, uh, hibernation when we got back. 
Trevor called you and a bunch of other people and things have been going. It's not the, the usual issues we come across out here. Like mm-hmm. normally when I'm called, it's like someone has, has dislocated a shoulder or some something, not, not just a full uh, massacre. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, something in him uh, begins to, like, in his demeanor changes. And he actually panics a little bit as he's working with you. Huh! Let me just find the table. It's the best table in the book. Um, he manages to complete the diagnostic, but he has forgotten several steps in it. And like he, he, I misspoke. He doesn't complete the diagnostic. He concludes it in spite of the fact that you know that he has missed a couple of steps. Looks like you've missed a few steps here, Ross. Are you feeling okay? <laughs> Thanks, Clippy. Yeah, I'm doing fine, Gidget. Why do you ask? Well, you, you're awfully pale. And you, you're you often very thorough with your uh, checks. And today, today uh, uh, being an exceptional day, I can, I can understand doing things a little differently. But I uh, just want to make sure you're okay. You're right, Gidget. You're right. You're right. Um, Let's start from the top. Repeat after me. Uh, Gidget. Yes, Ross. I've run across something kind of unusual here. Tell me about your afternoon. And he, like, starts asking very pointed questions about, like, what ha- why did Carver call me here again? I don't know. Roll me manipulation. One success. Okay. Okay. That's fine. All right, Gidget, you're good to go. Sorry that took so long. Not a problem at all. Thank you, Ross. Ross, or Gidget, why did you ask me about my sleeping patterns? You mentioned you were stressed lately. A healthy sleep cycle is very important to maintaining a stressful lifestyle, such as being in space. Roll me manipulation again. Three successes.
three, you said? Yep. Okay. Now, it's really hard to make meet the demands of the day without getting a full night's rest and a good meal. You're absolutely right, Gidget. You're absolutely right. I... I'll... I'll be sure to get a good night's sleep tonight, all right? <laughs> okay, you're good to go. All right, thanks, Ross. Appreciate you. Stay safe out there, all right? Will do. Um, Judith, have you yes. reviewed the... You said you were going to review the navigational information on the way over? On the way over, yes, and I'm ready for an unboxing if, uh, if the people all in right. the room with me still are... Yo, go what along up? This with is that. Judith right here on Corbinek, and we're gonna unbox this. Great. <laughs> I'm just gonna slice the head off of this bag. Um. Okay. So first off, did you want to look at the navigation data? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I would have done that first. So. Yeah. The crawler um. Left a week ago with four the four person survey team aboard. Um. They were on a long range thing looking off that they, they were going to go off and look at a thing they do this all the time there's usually like some weird um radar return from a satellite that indicates a mineral deposit of some kind or a weird new feature that may have been that may have like been eroded away by the terraforming in one way or another whether it's wind or rain or a storm of some kind I mean, and they were just going speaking. out to do this thing um and they wound up way off at um, the... I just need to look something up very, very, very quickly. Um, I have to get a power cord. My computer's about to die. I'll be right back! <laughs> you know what? Actually, it is time for us to take a quick break. Yeah. It is time for our commercial break. So while we do that, uh, I will look this up, which I should have prepped earlier. But it's honestly just Googling a quick name. So uh, we'll be three to five minutes. Catch you on the flip side, chat. Hello and welcome back to Alien First Law. This is episode two. And uh, we are playing, playing a game. We're about to rip open a sack alien. Yeah. yeah. Crack open and a cold one with the boys. Okay. Are you actually going to open the sample bag? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. It's it's still on the lift, or it's still on the the what is it? The pallet lift. Yeah. The jack. Whatever. The thing. The thing. It's got a handle at the top, and you can lower it, and then it lifts a lift the other table. Part. Yes. Let's let's do that. Um. So it's this black like heavy bag with like it's made out of like some kind of like wax synthetic fabric um and it has like just this enormous zipper on the front who wants to uh who wants to crack her open other if none of you volunteer dr martin will do it oh Judith oh i was gonna going. ask how many humans there are in the room because i want to be like okay please uh step back please just give us a little bit of room i understand that we're not under quarantine I don't think the parasite travels over air, so there's very little risk. But we also don't know what kind of gases are being given off by the sample. Yeah, At the very least, it might be nasty. Okay. Um, Carver's like, be my guest. And uh, Martin 
actually very sensibly runs and gets some personal protective equipment. <gasps> PPE? A respirator! She's like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. And goes and gets like, um, she, actually she finds the other, um, the other suit. The other biohazard suit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think uh, Carver still has a respirator from when we got here. Uh, Car and she's like, Carver, out. Out, get. Come on. And he's like, okay. And he leaves the room and closes the door behind him. Um, She's like, all right, open it up. And Carver just like stands on the other side of the window and like lights a cigarette. Zip. The bag splits open and inside is another bag. It's like a clear plastic bag, <gasps> bag with a little bit of condensation on the inside. Um, and there what? is a form obscured on the interior, but you're going to need to remove this. Right. I, so yes, you can peel the black outer bag away from it, and it is like this tall, ovoid shape. Does it look like an egg? <laughs> you can't get much detail from it at this point. Mm. So it doesn't really. It's tall ovo ovoid shape. Does it appear to have limbs? No. No? There's like a, a fluid collecting in the bottom of the bag. Okay. Judith just kind of mumbles at medium uh, volume. Could have swore it was going to be some of the expedition people. <laughs> Would have been nice to tick one off the missing list. Yeah. Okay, well, um, here, let me do it. And she, like, goes over to the, the bag and, like, starts to undo it and peels it down off of the sample. It is a severed head. Ooh. I was imagining of... a larger bag. What the frick? Human head? No. Oh. It in fact takes you a moment to register it as a head at all. It has um, a high domed skull, like a bulbous skull, with two tiny eyes set inside with uh, square pupils and a trunk that has been like uh, crudely hacked away at. And like um, uh, uh, teeth that evoke a horse, basically, like the the loop, like a horse skull, almost. The the square pupils imply. Oh, here we go. That it's not a predator, but they're facing forward, so it does imply that it hunts. And the teeth imply that it's not agrarian in its diet. Doc, what do you think? She's just staring at it. 
Dear God. Well, I'll start collecting samples. Let's see, I think one of these vials, and we get a little, a little dropper, and sample some of the goo from the bag. There's and a banging on the window. <laughs> what is that? What is that? What is that? Dead? Where did that come from? The uh, scout crew brought it back as a sample. Carver has this expression on his face like he's like, what is the question that's going to get her to give me the answer that I'm looking for? <laughs> Do you want the coordinates? Yeah, yeah, give me, give me, give me the map reference. Where did they go? Where did they go? And Judith just gives that. Plainly. <laughs> this is... Where the hell? This is out past the Thessaly range. What were they doing out there? Acquiring samples, apparently. I... Don't go anywhere. I'm going to see Kincaid. And I'm just gonna grab, like, a scalpel and try to get, like, a really thin scraping. Uh... Yeah, it's got like a waxy, plasticky almost skin to it. The bone is, um, it, it's, it's got, a, okay, first off, it's got a, it has skin. Okay. It has bones, apparently. Um, the, the entire thing does have a uh, generally recognizable morphology. It has a head and eyes. That's weird. Hmm. That's kind of exciting, right? Um, uh, uh, Martin is just like, she's kind of backed away and found a chair. Mm. Is it a clean chair? What? It doesn't matter, she's got the whole suit on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I vote, and I'm not sure if you agree with me here, Judith, we stick this whole thing through the bioscanner. Sure. Maybe yeah. it'll tell us more about it. How to do this to any more of it we might find. Yeah, yeah, you should do that. Finch, you should help them. Absolutely. And I reach over and pick it up. And <laughs> with just my bare hands, yeah. my bare robot hands, is it, where to? Uh, thank you, Finch. Just right over there in that kind of closety thing. It's in the wall for some reason. I don't know why. Watch <laughs> you are. And I'll hobble it over there and open what what, what I assume is like a a, a 27th century dumbwaiter. And I put it... <laughs> yeah. And I, and I put it inside. Yeah, 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 basically. It, uh... It, it's, um... Actually, Gidget, Gidget, uh, roll me ComTech if you want to operate the thing. <laughs> uh, I have three in wits, so... If you don't know how to operate it, uh, Dr. Martin can can try. Do you want me to do that, Gidget? Uh, yes, please, Judith, hit the button! And Judith hits... Let's see... At least one correct button. 
Okay. Uh, a couple of, like, paddles flip up and, like, rotate around it. As it takes, like, x-rays and mass spectrometry readings and, like, all kinds of the, like, good spectroscopic, spectroscopic uh, data from it. And, um, Gidget, in order to interpret that information, you need to give me a medicine roll. Medical aid? Medical aid, yes, medical aid. Yes. Nine. Yeah, like, um, there's probably like an MRI. One success. One success? Yeah. Same role as me. The scanner is telling you your patient is dead. Hate to break it to you, team. It's dead. Um, Shucks. it had a very hard time finding any kind of, like, parameterization, but it actually recognized it as a living thing at one point and decided it was dead. So that's actually not a complete like. It didn't completely brick. It was yeah, like yeah. So we we know this isn't this isn't a rock. This isn't some facsimile or like medical model made out of uh, wax. Yeah, it uh. Also, it smells um, metallic. Kind of maybe a little acrid, as well. Mm. It isn't putrefying the way a um, uh, uh, um, a human body would be. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Gray, you are with um, Tabor in the machine shop. She's getting the the, the stick welder. I was on my way to uh, talk oh Kincaid's to... office. Yeah. 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 I figured um, that Marshall might catch up with me at some point. Yeah, actually, uh, you you arrive at Kincaid's office um, probably shortly before Marshall Carver does. Yep. And um, Kincaid's personal assistant, whose name is, um, we'll say this is Lawson. Um, uh, it's like, hey, Gray, what's up? Oh wow. Um... Sorry, I'm just thinking to myself. Um, uh, we have a bit of an unfolding situation that I wish to bring Kincaid up to speed on. Well, uh, well, Mr. Kincaid's quite busy right now. Is there something I can relay to him? Uh, it's quite urgent. They look at you and are like, okay, great. Why don't you head in, then? And uh, they buzz you through and say, uh, Mr. Director, Gray's here to see you. They say it's urgent, or she says it's urgent. And, um, uh, yeah, the door opens and Kincaid is in his office. Uh, I'm gonna say that Kincaid is played by, like, 90s John Goodman. Oh, great! <laughs> wow! Uh, he's like, what's up, Gray? Something I can help you with? Busy day today. 
Uh, well, I'm I regret to inform it may be about to get a lot busier. Um, don't want to hear about it. What's the new? No. Fine. What's the news? Um, so I'm trying to think if if I should just like explain this or just like tell him what has occurred because there's a lot to say. Just make it quick, Gray. Very busy. Transport returned with dead crew. Organism. Uh, <laughs> um, parasite. Several deaths. Um, some for uh, some kind of life form uh, is on the loose with uh, somewhere within the facility. It is capable of chewing through walls. Okay, what do you want me to do about it? Blue smoke. <laughs> yeah. Carver's on it, right? Uh, I'm not certain that he is. Uh, he's he's overseeing the um, the analysis, mm -hmm. um, but uh, my recommendation was that we try to track down this. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? This uh, rogue organism, um, sooner rather than later. Okay. Okay. What should I be doing that Carver isn't doing? Can we coordinate some uh, a some form of search party? Can't afford to take anyone off their jobs right now, Gray. You know that. And he like looks at you like he gives you one of these like. Um, can I make a manipulate roll to like impress upon him? Absolutely. The, yeah, let's. Uh, so that's gonna be. This is not gonna go well, but well, it's worth a shot. Hmm. Nope. <laughs> not okay. gonna do it. Um, since these are opposed. Let's um, let's say that he also has to make a manipulate roll as you try to argue with him. Mm -hmm. He has stress dice. I wonder why. Ooh. And an ulcer. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> just um. Graham, not interested in hearing about it. We're done here. Very good, sir. I put um, Carver on it, okay? So why don't you go and do whatever Carver tells you to do, and we're all going to be okay, all right? I understand your position. Good. Get back to work. That's when Carver shows up. Oh, speak of the devil. Um... <laughs> what are you are, doing are, here? Are androids capable of sarcasm? Absolutely. You remember like, Conrad, right? From Heat Death? Right, yes. I was just going to be like, um, I was just explaining to uh, Kincaid um, your approach to this rather urgent situation. 
It's so good of you to, to join us. Gray, I want you to wait outside for me. Most certainly. Now. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't make that noise. <laughs> that, that's an inside noise. <laughs> the door closes, and the sound of raised voices emerges from the inside. Oh, he's in trouble! Um, both men seem to be doing a lot of yelling back and mm -hmm. forth. Lawson is, um, Lawson puts on headphones and Actually, gets back I, to work. Just as, as like, I want to cut her off before she does it. It's like, um, uh, Miss Lawson, is it a miss? Yeah. Yes, Gray. Uh, have you seen anything unusual today? Heard any... You mean around here? Yes. Seen or heard any unusual sounds? Perhaps some sort of scrabbling underneath or overhead? We sounds don't have rats, do we? That's the last thing we need. <laughs> she Actually, she, she does... Yeah? No. No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, if you could be on the on on the lookout for that sort of thing, it would be most helpful to uh, our operation. Sure, sure thing, Gray. Wait, wait. Why are you asking me? What? Wait, no, no. The ah. <laughs> uh, Oh, am I about to be manipulated here? No, no, I'm just adding a stress dice to her pool. Um, hey! <laughs> it's weird how everyone who talks to us gets that. Yeah. I, I, I think I need to start keeping a tally of who added the most stress dice oh, man, to every human they encounter. This is, this is like playing Godzilla, where yeah, you play game. Godzilla and you, you can't understand why everyone is running away from you as you walk down the street. Yeah. <laughs> I am walking here. <laughs> Just trying to get to Starbucks. <laughs> now the game truly begins. Don't talk to me till I've had my coffee. <laughs> um, so the argument continues for several minutes on the interior, er, in in inside Kincaid's office. Um, back in in the infirmary, you are off in the med lab section, and I have run a run a test on sample three of three. Uh, it is mostly carbon with an awful lot of fluorine in it. Like, this thing is made out of something like Teflon. Huh. Um, I'm not going to give you a chemical composition because that would just... I don't know what its chemical composition is. Cotton candy. It doesn't really matter. It's weird, though. Like, it, yeah. it makes sense, but it's a very unusual thing. Um... Like, it's, it's very sophisticated and very, like, tough. This thing is tough. Like, it can withstand um, environments that would just take you to pieces. Right? That would cook you or freeze you or dissolve you in one way or another. This thing is probably pretty much at home anywhere so what you're in any environment. He's thick, though. Um, 
thick plate. And for anyone wondering, this is this is a head. This is a head, and it, it there's no helmet. There's no real head inside. This is the actual thing. <sighs> um, Martin is just like, okay, okay. She's just sitting in the corner, repeating, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. And, like, very slowly, she, like, gets back to her feet and comes over and starts looking over your shoulder. And it's like she finds the thread that she can pull on to pull herself above water with a little bit of work. Um... And she starts to, like, this is not her specialty. This is nobody's specialty. If this is your specialty, you don't get a job, basically. Like, exobiology was very, very big a hundred years ago. And then there were no exobiologicals to study. So people stopped studying it. And now the only people who do don't get jobs. Um, but... She is an atmospheric chemist and has like, you know, she read a few papers back in back in undergrad. Nothing crazy, mind you, but you know, she experimented a little. Um and she finds the thin thread that pulls her back to the surface. And uh yeah, she can start directing you, Gidget, if you want to keep working on this, or she can work solo on it. Oh, I would love to help. Okay. Um, also, did you bring the bagged face hugger with you? Yes. Presumably you did. Yeah. There's also the sample in the fridge. Here. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you have two other samples. Um, do you want to keep studying this one? Do you want to study one of the other ones? My general plan was to prep all the samples for like someone like Gray to look at. Okay. Yeah, you've generated a report on this one, yeah. right? Like, it, it, this is a very sophisticated instrument, but unless you get out, like, a saw and yeah. start cutting it apart, you don't know what else to do with it. And I don't think that helps us, really. So I'm not prioritizing it. All right. Um, Finch, you wanted to go and uh, secure the reactor. Right? Or convince people uh, to secure yeah. the reactor? Absolutely. And I, I think I'll go up to, because uh, I'm in the. Carver has left. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Dr. Martin and Tabor, is she, she got, did she go? Tabor's, uh, Tabor came back with the, uh, the stick welder. Oh, Actually, while this is going on, Tabor comes back with a stick welder and is like, mm mm. <laughs> like if you try to get her to come in, she's like, mm mm. <laughs> You come out here and take this and put it in there and then burn it. Not coming. I'm not going in there. Excellent. Well, I, I can I can see I can see Tabor outside uh, through through a window. I go mm -hmm. over to I go over At to uh, Dr. Martin, who mm -hmm. I believe is the is the she's the science lead. Is that right? Uh, yes. Now she is the science science lead. Vanderberg is dead. Yeah, or yeah. guard no. Gardeners in hibernation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Martin's in lead. Yes. Excellent. 
and I uh, I go over to Dr. Martin. I say, Dr. Martin, nice shoes, by the way. <laughs> I say, okay, fine, I deserve that. Yeah, it's all right. No, no. Someone had to make the joke. Um, uh, I go I go over and I say, um, uh, I uh, understand this must be um, uh, this must be very stressful for you, um, and I know this is important, but what is also important is the condition of the atmospheric process. I know it's been it's been down uh, lately. It's been uh, um, and my, my main concern uh, with this uh, with this little pest problem we've been having is how it could possibly affect the fusion reactor. Um, and I was just wondering if I could have your permission to go and ta take a look on it, just in case. Uh, just in case one of our little uh, scurrying friends has uh, has uh, tampered with it in some way, I don't know why they would. I don't know why they would, but just in case, you know. Yeah, no, that sounds great, Finch. Why don't you go and do that? Thank you. We'll do. And I I go quickly, uh, pushing past Tabor and taking. I'll just take that from you. And I take the the welder and I uh, make a beeline for the fusion reactor. She, when you go outside, she like holds it out and puts it down and backs away. <laughs> <laughs> like don't don't even excellent well then don't i pick even. it up i pick it up like a fumbled football then and and just <laughs> just keep going and uh judith would like to also accompany finch i guess at a quick jog at this point okay <laughs> uh, judith if you see anyone working too hard r remind them to pay attention and, and focus so they don't get injured we're here to lower blood pressure Got it. <laughs> you seem really angry right now. You should calm down. <laughs> the tried and true way of de-escalating any situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Back at back in administration. Gray. Um. After a few minutes of shouting. Um. Kincaid's office door opens and uh, Carver comes out and his face is just flushed red. Um, and he's like, you come with me. We need to talk. Oh, certainly. Um, and he just starts like trying to tear a strip off of you for going over his head and he's like the next time you go around you go around my back i will snap you back to the factory so hard you're gonna think you're a can opener like he's so angry he can't even like formulate words i'm the way i'm viewing this interaction is like he has like a rage meter and i'm just patiently letting it like yeah, yeah, you're just backing away as, like, the... Yeah. As it bleeds off. You're just letting him off-gas. Just, like, nodding very slightly. It's just like, I am hearing the words you were saying. Um, and when he's done, he's like... Okay. We need to go and secure the reactor. Alright? Understood. That's priority number one. Nothing can hurt the reactor. Um, uh, would I know that um, Finch has already? I mean, he expressed interest in that. It's like is uh. He got shot um, down when he said it in front of Carver. 
Right. It's like oh, uh, actually, Carver uh, like gets on his radio, mm-hmm. uh, and he calls Finch. Uh, and he's like, and Finch picks up the yeah. communicator. Hello. Yeah, Finch, meet us at um, uh, Reactor Ops. Ten four, sir. Click. Already on my way. <laughs> Oh, good. It's good, Finch. It's good. Okay. <laughs> he likes you. <laughs> right? Like, he saw you, like, um, uh, uh, fold that sheet metal, and he's, like, absolutely standing behind this one. Right? Like... <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and so Judith... Finch and Gray are all heading for the reactor. Reactor ops room. Gidget, you're in, you're in med lab. Yep. Still? Yep. Okay. Uh, do you want to run tests on the other samples? Oh, yes. Okay. What, what one next? Uh, Facehugger. Okay. Um, yeah, like, Martin just kind of, like, dropped the bag on the counter like it was a lunch. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, just... Um... And, like, you can see in the sample bag where the tail is, like, slipped off the, the counter. <laughs> it's, uh, just, it's just so floppy. Floppy spray. Yeah, it's very floppy. It's very floppy. Um, so, yeah, you, I guess, yeah, uh, you, you can put it into the, into the scanner if you like. Yeah. I think I okay. can lift the head out myself. That's fine. Yeah. My strength is immediately four. Better you know, there me. might even be, like, um, considering that people are supposed to go into this, and maybe unconscious people, let's say that there's, like, a lift system for it. Yeah. Right? And it, like, auto-cleans as That'd well. That would be nice. Okay. So, yeah, like, there, there's, there's a way to get, like, people in and out of this, and it can totally deal with this severed head. Sweet. Um, so the facehugger goes in, and, um... Um, uh, 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 Martin runs the, the scanner on. She's like... This is weird. This is weird. How so, Doctor? First off, I'm really glad we didn't cut into this thing. Uh, and then she, like, points at part of the screen to you, and she's like, there's, it's... It's full of hydrofluoric acid. Oh, good. It's made out of Teflon. God. This is a really nasty piece of work. What? And, like, she, um, the head was a head, right? And she's like, well, I mean, like, it's clearly a head. I don't know what you want me to do about it. But, like, this thing is nothing. This is not a head. A head is something yeah. that she could grapple onto and be like, okay, I get this. This has no analog. Right? It has, um, it has, like, this long, like, what you know is the ovipositor. Yeah. Which is, like, semi-porous and appears to be able to um, synthesize gases. It can absorb gases from the outside or exclude them. It is tremendously strong, and it um, 
seems to be capable of like a lot of like burst energy, right? It's basically like all fast twitch muscle. Mm -hmm. Do you see any connection between the head and the sample? They're they're chemically similar. They're maybe maybe from the same world. Maybe May, maybe products of the same biology. I don't know. Ah, uh, mysterious. They do. She's she's clearly baffled by it. Um, all right. Okay. Uh, we need to, um, we need to get this into some kind of like dangerous, dangerous storage or, uh, hazardous storage and like pulls one of the glass, um, sample tubes. Oh yeah. Out and, um, fills it with like a buffer solution. And yeah lifts it up and like lowers it in and pulls her hand back <laughs> and yeah you put the lid on the top of it all right next sample uh i want the the glove thing that finch found okay um again martin runs the scanner on it and it is not just that. It is like she she's like this is like this is this is human biology or it's closer to human biology but not identical. It's I don't, I don't know. It's 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 a sack of some kind, like you would find around a cyst or or an embryo. It has placenta, like an amniotic sac. Maybe mm -hmm. it has. It it looks like it might have been. Is this part of? No, this isn't part of Scari. This is made out of Scari. It's part of... It was... These structures would have been wired into a circulatory system. Really? Gross. Um, and you're already learning stuff that outstrips anything that was in that briefing. Oh, good. Yeah. Like, you are... That briefing was short. <laughs> it didn't have a lot of, like, known knowns in it. It had a lot of, like, things that they pointedly didn't know, which is at least a good starting point because it's asking questions. But, like... What is their life cycle? Question mark. Where did they come from? Question mark. Question what are they mark. made of? Dunno. Um, so... You know, it was mainly behaviors that they knew, but like anything beyond that, like no idea. So you're already like you're you're three papers in, yeah. Basically, 
of probably the biggest scientific find in centuries. But how does that stop people from dying? Hmm. Uh, all right. Carver meets you all at Reactor Ops. And the reactor crew are here. They're in their whites. Um, actually, not even whites. This isn't like Chernobyl. This is basically like an office job at this point, right? They're wearing your standard, like, they look like they're here to fix the photocopier. Yeah. Um, and the shift supervisor, who is named uh, Budge. Budge. Budge? Yeah. Yeah. It's me mate, Budge. Is like... Good to see you, Marshall. What can I do for you? And Marsh the, the Marshall is like, just here to secure the location. It's like, <laughs> secure the location. What does that mean? He's like, and Carver starts listing off um, uh, jargon again. And if you thought you were adding stress, this is not the conversation that anyone in this building needs to hear right now. Mm. Um, like the, the, the other staff are kind of like looking over their shoulders without taking their eyes off their stations, being like, it would be like if you were in a restaurant and somebody came in with a bag of takeout being like, there is a mouse in my food. <laughs> right a live mouse um and everyone at the tables was like i'm gonna let yeah i'm gonna let him do whatever the fuck he thinks he's doing and i'm gonna snipe everybody with a disarming smile <laughs> that's that's what i can add to the situation it's like and i'm gonna like begin scoping the place out like we said we were going to when we okay. entered the room. <laughs> okay. So you're just like checking under counters, desks and things. Oh yeah. And like, like pushing people lot. out of the way too. Like you don't look um, like you're here to steal stuff for sure, right? Yeah. And like one of them looks over at Finch and looks, gives you the once over <laughs> and looks at your chest. Oh, sh Yep. Um, and uh, Finch says, oh, you know, just another day. And he, he, uh, he, he, he flicks it a little away again. Uh, 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 my apologies. I'm sorry. We're just down in the infirmary. Um, uh, it was, uh, well, it was, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, it was, I'm not going to lie to you, it was bad. Uh, uh, there are, um, there, there are some, uh, um, people that don't have all of them inside of them anymore. I just kind of want to do like a walk they... past Finch, just being like, I was not aware humans were capable of exploding in that manner. Hmm. Yes, we're learning new things today. Um, and, uh, <laughs> nothing nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry I minute. Mean, I can't say it's worth worrying about, but uh, we are here, and we are here to make sure, um, make sure everything is fine. And he's, he's looking... Because he, he knows, he, he will have a better understanding of what, what the essential things in this reactor are. And he's, uh, he's, he's, he's 
taking in as much information as possible. And he says, um, I'll say there, uh, and looks down at this <laughs> this poor person's name tag, if they have name tags uh, or identification. Raymond. Is it, I'll, I'll say Raymond. Um, uh, how's everything going here today? Is uh, is uh, is the the ship ship shape and all that? Yeah, it's going fine, Finch. Uh, um, should we should should we be here? That's a very good question. I prefer that you were here myself. You know, keeping an eye on things, making sure everything is in tip-top condition. Now we've got that inspection coming up soon, um, and we're just very glad to see you're all here doing such a good job. Uh, you know, uh, and don't mind the blood. That, that that'll wash right out. So Edge, that is that. Do you think it, it would be capable of moving uh, underfoot or overhead more effectively? Ooh. Um. Uh, well, it depends where it got into. I mean, it was boring through the subfloor, but it could have gone up into the air vents. Anyway, it's just making sure everything is, you know, uh, running smoothly. Everything's humming along very nicely, Raymond. Goodness. Yes, please, no one have an emotional explosion. We we don't need that around the uh, core. Otherwise, it might explode as well. There's currently, like, three controllers and one shift supervisor here. And they are... Uh, your precisely engineered synthetics, uh, synthetic sensorium can detect the note of a rising panic. <laughs> like oh, no. the acrid smell of like stress sweat that humans don't quite pick up on but they totally do mm -hmm. <laughs> um and they're kind of like looking at each other and uh budge the shift supervisor is like off to the side talking with carver and is like We're, we're, we're busy here, Carver. We're trying to keep this operation afloat right now. Is there something I can help you with? And Carver's like, you just need to like secure the environment. I need you to lock it all down. I need all the cameras on. He's like, camp? Cameras? We don't have security cameras, Carver. This isn't a prison. <clears throat> we don't we have inst we have thermometers that's what you mean in several key locations we don't have security cameras you should know that and carver is like trying to get budge to uh acquiesce to something that is not possible just work the magic. Just, you know, work the magic. Look, I just need to know where your security panel is. It's like, you know where the security panel is. It's, the, it's, the, and he points to him to the fire panel. <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's what we got, Carver. I don't know what you want from me. Can I get back to work? You're upsetting my people. And... Carver's like, all right, all right, we have to, like, it's just going to be the four of us then. All right, you three, come with me. And he gestures to you. Very good, sir. 
Yeah. And uh, it's like, Budge, where would they, what, where could they hurt us real bad? And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? This is a, this, this is a fusion reactor. Don't kick anything, okay? Like, this is, this is a several million credit investment. I don't know what you mean, where would they hurt us? We have pressurized tanks of helium, argon, nitrogen, and a fusion arc. Do you understand me? We have several large lasers. This is kind of like a small sun. I don't... <laughs> There's a number of places that I wouldn't recommend that you drill through if you're trying to hang a picture, if that's what you're asking. Um, and so Carver is like, all right, Finch, Finch, I need you to come up with a plan here. You know this place better than anyone here, right? Absolutely. Like the back of my hand, sir. Okay. Okay. If you were this thing, where would you go? Ooh, good question. Now, Finch knows, <laughs> Finch knows a lot about fusion reactors. Andrew Cowden knows diddly jack. Um, what, what, the the briefing that you were given did say that they liked they seemed to have um an affinity for warm humid environments okay and there is one place that is constantly like sweating basically and dripping with condensation and that's underneath the primary heat exchanger ah uh Excellent. So Finch says that, right, sir. Well, I think a primary concern should be the uh, the heat exchanger. Um, that might be uh, uh, where uh, something like this, where to look for something um, to mess with, what might might be burrowing towards that that end. Should I uh, should I go take a look at that, sir? Yeah, let's let's all go take a look together. All right. All right. We'll go to. S all right. Um, and he leads you on the elevator to sub basement three. And that is where we're, going, where we're going to cut it for this week. Thank you very much for joining us on session two of Alien First Law. We'll be back next week with episode three of five.